This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Well, welcome to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You, where in a single moment you can recognize your brilliance and change your life. This is a transformational hour that covers an array of topics that demonstrate how individuals use their native talents, as shown in their name, to look at the ordinary in extraordinary ways. Albert Einstein once said that everybody's a genius. Why would one of the smartest people on the planet declare that everyone is a genius unless he knew that to be true? I'm your host, Sharon Lynn Wyeth, creator of Namology Science and author of Know the Name, Know the Person. And in each weekly show, you'll hear the fascinating ways other people discovered the genius in them and what they were able to accomplish. At the end of each show, you'll hear clues on how you can recognize your own innate genius. All over the world, people have many, many diverse interests. And in that vein, people have asked about different occupations and areas of life that have highly interested them. People want to know how highly successful people have managed to achieve their genius mindset by utilizing the gifts that are seen in their name, utilizing nameology science. So how does someone express their creative talents? And how does someone share those gifts with others in such a way that all benefit? Our expert tonight is Dr. Margaret Rogers, who has developed her genius in the area of healing the body. While most people today vaguely realize that the body is a working machine that generates energy, most of us don't understand the way energy flows, where it goes, and what it does. Dr. Margaret Rogers' research with her clients and under medical supervision has validated ancient oriental techniques and merged them with exciting non-invasive methods. She has broken through old mindsets and creating this exciting new way to heal our bodies. Dr. Rogers has written two books, The Crystal Acupuncture and Teragram Therapy and its follow-up book, The Book of Crystal Acupuncture and Teragram Therapy Diagrams about healing. 10 books that have a metaphysical orientation, and two novels. Her books have been published in Western and Eastern Europe, as well as Russia, Mexico, China, India, and of course the United States. Margaret Rogers' name indicates that she has fairness issues and wants the world to be a fair place for everyone. Her name also indicates that she can see things from another person's point of view, even when they disagree with her, that she is overly kind and is a seeker of the truth. Her name also indicates that she wishes to assist people in changing their lives to be better than what they currently are. Welcome to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You radio show, Dr. Margaret. Thank you very much. I would like to just say that that isn't my whole name. My, my last name is Rogers Van Coops. And I'm the only Rogers Van Coops in the whole world, so that's why people find me easily. So if you wouldn't mind, uh, Rogers is not, it's my ex. <laughs> Okay. Okay. I have four sons with that name, so I kept it. <laughs> hey, there's there's so much in a name. I totally understand that. How did you discover your healing gifts? 
Well, actually, I didn't really discover it as I was born with it and grew up with it. So by the time I was, I went through two uh, bomb explosions during World War Two. And by the time I was three and a half, I kept saying to my mummy that, hey, there's all these people in my room who look like uh, monsters because they all had um, bandages on and things. And of course, they were all the people who'd be killed by the bombs. And uh, Spirit was bringing them to me to work through my energy to take them up to what we were called heaven in those days. Uh, Now I call it the oneness. And um, so by the time I was, you know, in school, I was able to read everybody in school, in the class, whatever. And by the time I was 24, I was a professional medium serving many churches. And uh, by then, I would, I had gone on to realize, hey, there's much more than this. And um, if you, if you don't mind, I'll just jump forward a bit. When I got to be 37, I clinically died through having the wrong medications. And I came back with an awareness of the oneness. And soon after that, I had um, Parkinson's disease uh, was, uh, you know, told me I had it. And uh, it's a gene thing. And um, my father had it. His mother had it. Her father had it. And so on. It goes back. And when I heard it, I did not want to be like my grandma, who was, shaking and looked like Muhammad Ali. So at that point, I turned to spirit guides who've been with me my whole life and said, help. And as a result, I developed the crystal acupuncture and telegram therapy. And within three weeks, I stopped myself shaking. But I did spend 20 years deprogramming my RNA and getting into my DNA and studying the brain. So (laughs) I've done a lot of things. And I must say, I love your book. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Uh-huh. <laughs> I've yeah. been reading some of yours, and it's just, I love the one with the diagrams, the book of crystal acupuncture and pterogram therapy diagrams. I find those so fascinating, all of those points. But we're going to get into that more. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I, I actually uh, channeled all of the, that work. And after I'd done it, I had to draw them myself on the computer because it was all in my head. And uh, once I'd done that, I had to run off to some acupuncture at school and get students to test it. And they all said, wow, these are amazing points. They're better than the ones I learned in school. <laughs> That's so super. I was well, yeah. We need yeah. to take a break. Stay tuned to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You, which can also be heard on knowthename.com. And after the break, we'll find out more about Margaret's healing techniques. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell? 
The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Welcome back. I'm Sharon Lynn Wyeth, and you're listening to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You, which is being heard on xzbn.net and knowthename.com. Our guest tonight is Dr. Margaret Rogers Van Koops, whose website is www. and I'm going to mispronounce this, I hope not, sumariscenter.com. I'm going to spell it S-U-M-A-R-I-S center.com. So, Would you start by defining psychometry for us and how the agates are used in the ancient way of healing and what that all is? Yes, of course, I'd love to. Actually, um, we're born in the womb uh, with all the five senses. uh, And through the five senses, we absorb through the blood of the mother. And of course, we're building the body, and I won't get too technical. But by the time the uh, birthing happens, our DNA is enacted. And so by the time we come out, we use our sensory perception that comes from our spirit self because it's our spirit self that's going to teach us to be aware that we are here in this planet. And the first thing we use is psychometry, and psychometry is the sense of feeling energy coming at you. So if you're born in a room that's freezing cold with lots of people yelling and screaming, you're going to start screaming too because it's a mirror image and you learn it. Whereas if you're born into a nice warm environment with cozy, lovely people, then you're going to feel more sleepy. Um, And uh, once you've been held by people, you start to know the energies of like granny, grandpa or something, um, as opposed to a stranger. And that's why so many babies don't like uh, to be held by strangers, you know, that kind of thing. And as we grow up, we actually are walking around down shopping at three, four, five, six, ten years old, absorbing energy from all the people that we meet. And what we don't realize is we're taking on their issues, their pain, their suffering, their guilt, their anger, their fear. But we correlate it with what's going on at home or at school or whatever, and we justify keeping these awful feelings. Now, you can switch it on the other way and say, hey, I was really at a park and I had a lovely time and I made new friends and I had a wonderful time and I'm feeling their energy and you can get boosted there and you can feel marvelous. So our environment very much affects the way that we um, feel uh, one another across the world. And of course, you know, when you're really developed like I am, um, you can read people in another country on your telephone without ever saying a word. And I'm sure with your name thing you can do the same because you are psychic (laughs) (laughs) well I've always said that the oneness that God is not limited to where my physical body is so of course we can read across the world Mm -hmm. yeah and and when so once you got you know the 
psychometry going, then the next step is, assuming you're, you've got all your senses, you're, you're going to be hearing sounds, and sounds go into the brain. I won't get too technical. It's like saying a computer, you know, impulses. Beep, 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 beep. That's all your brain hears. But it knows what those sounds correlate, rather like a computer zero one 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 zero 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 or something. The brain is amazing. I've been studying it for a lot of years. And so, you know, we think we hear how is the cat, but actually we're hearing, you know. And, of course, tones are in music or in sounds or in the singing voice, like I have a British voice and mine goes up and down. So if we are with someone who speaks very monotone like this all the time, we we don't feel a relation to it because we, we can't get that tone coming in as impulses to our ears. So a lot of times people are talking to us and we don't realize it. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, it does make sense. Yeah. And then on top of that, vision is the same way. We do only see in red and green, but our brain fills in all the colors, which is why you and I could go shopping together and see a green towel. And you might say it's an apple green and I'll say, no, it looks to me more like an avocado green or something. So we all see our colors according to the vibration, the way they hit the iris and back through the retina into the back of the brain. And we correlate that with everything that we've um, ever seen in a green color, we're using that as an example. But how do you see purple? Your eyes don't see purple. It's because your brain knows colors where from your spirit self. So we all see colors in different ways and those color vibrations also affect the results of what we do so if I bring that into a consciousness if mommy says you look wonderful in a yellow dress you believe her but when you look in the mirror maybe you don't see it as yellow maybe you see it as a tan and you don't feel good with it and you don't want to wear it and then you say you want to take it off and mommy gets angry because she spent all her last dollars on it <laughs> I went through that that's a reality I actually went through. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of things that we don't realize unconsciously that we're processing. The brain is fantastic. So how come some people are colorblind then? Well, the, the reason that's happening is we've got to go into the, um, the hippocampus in there in the middle of the amygdala and all these parts in the middle. I won't get to, uh, you know, and sometimes the impulses don't go through. Uh, and uh, with with the crystal acupuncture, I've actually been able, I had a, only one case, I admit that, but I actually had a gentleman who was colorblind. He only saw various black, white, and gray. And after I'd done him uh, with the crystal work, he was actually able to make out red and blue. And guess what that was? It was a police car. I see blue, I see is it blue? Is it blue or is it red? Is it red or is it blue? I know it must be one or the other because I, I can see a police car because they were black and white as well. Yeah. <laughs> so he was so excited, but unfortunately I'm bad at following up, so I don't know if it lasted or anything. But yes, crystal acupuncture will open up the brain and it will transform energies, thought forms, feelings, ideas, and so on. It's amazing. And um, I've taught over 20,000 Japanese students over the last 20 years. Uh, and they all, I never had one person come back and say, 
it hasn't changed the lives of other people. And of course, you know, I do a lot of sessions myself. It really is amazing. So how did you get started in the crystal acupuncture? Well, when I was a little girl, after the war was over, I used to, my mummy used to take me to, um, you can tell I'm thinking little girl saying mummy. Uh, we, we used to go to the house in England to the seaside and um, I'd collect stones and in my bucket and uh, they all to me looked like mother of pearl. And she'd seen them as dirty stones. And she'd say, you can't take them all home on the train. You can only have one or two. Uh, and so over a period of time, I started to realize, well, it's a waste of time taking them home. So I started looking on pathways at home. And I found loads, of course, and I'd take them home and, uh, and just play with them like any child does. And then one day my auntie came. And she had a migraine, and I just found a new stone out on the pathway, and I'd washed it and put it, you know, in my bedroom. And uh, my spirit guide said, go get it. And I went and got it and uh, held it on her head. And I saw this red blob come through the stone and out of the stone through her aura, and then it exploded like a firework. And she immediately responded with, what did she do? My headache's gone. Yeah, and I looked at her very calmly and said, the stone did it. <laughs> <laughs> so there I was hooked. <laughs> yeah, so I wanted every kind of stone. And of course, in those days, you couldn't even find quartz or rose quartz or amethyst. So of course, when those came on the market years later, I was about 19 and they were doing quartz watches and stuff. And I badgered this man who kept showing off his piece of court, saying, this is inside a watch. And it was a home ideal home sort of thing. And um, I badgered him enough that he gave me that court. And I still have it today as a pendant. <laughs> That's wonderful. You know, in your book of the crystal acupuncture and tarogram therapy diagrams, you not only have diagrams all over the human body for every imaginable thing that could go wrong with this, but in the back of the book, you also have diagrams on animals. So how did you get involved in, in knowing the points of the animals? Well, again, uh, I had a black dog when I was little, and unfortunately he had to be put down by circumstances beyond my control at that time. It broke my heart. Uh, and I used, he used to um, often be over... He was a sort of terrier, and he'd get overexcited, and I found out that if I put... Um, a I had a round stone I picked up off the pathway, which I later found out was agate. And I found that if I put that on his spine and rubbed it up and down his spine, he'd fall asleep. That was my first experience. And then I did the same with my school friends. We used to lay outside, you know, five, six, seven, ten years old. And I'd put them on them and play doctors and nurses or mothers and fathers or something. And I'd watch them fall asleep too. And then I'd watch their auras become pearlesque. And uh, same with when I was um, my father's army. Uh, I was um, sitting on the laps. I was about five. And I could see their auras change as well. So it was a congregation of many people, I want to say, throughout my life coming and going and giving my me, um, shall we say, the benefit of the doubt and letting me play with them. So that I learned, these stones do stuff, you know. 
And today there are so many different stones being unearthed all the time that I can't even keep up with it. Um, I've got my Trinity Stone healing, which are triangles, equilateral triangles. And uh, I can't get the same stones all the time. As fast as I have to go get another one because people's energy is changing too. And we have to remember that. Right. So talk to us how words can really be important and how they can harm and how words caused you to give up your nursing career. Actually, um, when I was nursing, um, I, I just, I lived to be a nurse, obviously, you know, and uh, when I was nursing, um, I did the year, the first year, and then I, I got married and I switched over to psycho psychological things and I worked in psychiatry and psychology at a mental institute in, Lon in London, north of London, um, suburbs. Uh, and it was a haunted one. It was built in the 1600s. And I used to walk down that corridor and I would see people leaning up against the wall who were dead. And, of course, I'd, I'd send them on their way. But I also would work with patients who were there. And these patients could see them as well. And they're telling the doctors that there's things that people in the room. And, of course, the doctors, no, there's only me and, you know, me. Uh, and uh, I'm saying, no, there isn't. There are three other people in the room. You'd look at me like I'm insane. And, and I, eventually I got to really work with the doctors in every case. And I started to realize that probably as much as 90% of the people in mental institutions in those days should never have been put in there because they had earthbounds in their minds. And that's why they were either paranoid or schizophrenic because they were worried and afraid someone was going to say or do something to them. Can we hold uh, that they, thought? Hold that yeah, thought because sure. we need to take yeah. another break. Stay tuned okay. to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You. This show is dedicated to seeing what other kind of bodies we have that need to be healed. After the break, we'll find out some of the different ways that Dr. Margaret Rogers Van Koops has assisted people. Her website is sumaracenter.com. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Welcome back. I'm Sharon Lynn Wyeth, and you're listening to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You. Our guest tonight is Dr. Margaret Rogers Van Koops, who can be reached via her website, sumaracenter.com. That's S-U-M-A-R-I-S, center.com. Dr. Margaret, before the break, we were talking about mental institutes. Please continue with what you were saying. 
Michelle, what, but before that was your question, so I'll repeat that. You're asking what's in the name and why do we respond to it. And um, the bottom line that I discovered through my, my work is it's the tone. So I'll try and make it simple. If I say no, 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 okay, you've got immediately a different sensation of what my no means. But you don't understand why I've said that unless you look around, you feel my energy, psychometry, you look around, you use your clairvoyance, see my face or something, or see my aura if you're psychic. And um, last but not least, your clairsentient smell, is, smell and taste comes together as one, as you know, when you get a cold. So you're processing all those things in the blink of an eye. Now, over time with the same people in your life, i.e. mom and dad, siblings, you're going to associate their tones with the way they talk to you, okay? And that becomes your model. So when you go out into the world, let's say you're used to no, okay? And, and then you meet people in the street who go, oh no, 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 you know, like that. It's different to you. And after a while, you feel uncomfortable because it's not the, the part that you were used to. However, if you stay with them long enough, you'll integrate that new sound with the old one. And over eons of time, as we get older, <laughs> day in, day out, we add. So our brain has a built-in tape recorder. And that tape recorder is constantly comparing all the sounds that we've ever heard. Now, if we're deaf, we're doing it with the psychometry. Exactly the same. Okay? Yes. Make sense? So some words or some sounds can actually harm us? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, imagine, um, for example, I can talk about my daddy because he's passed over. My dad, coming back from the war, had post-traumatic stress disorder. And when I was eight, I had to cure him of that. And so I was sitting down holding his hand and he was unloading all the things that he had to see and do and go through, which I won't bore you with. And as he was doing that, I was visually seeing what he was seeing. I was hearing the sounds of the bombs and the guns and the akak and all the rest of it. I was feeling his sense of I have to be the leader because he was a major versus the sense of the human being saying, I don't want to be here. I don't do this. You know, and I could see in all this, and my mother came in and said, you, you, you shouldn't do this with her. And I turned to my mother like an adult and looked at her, because I had the three guys with me, and said, I'm fine, mother, leave it. <laughs> and that is not a phrase I would have used, you see. So I'm uh -huh. saying that, so once you understand that we're hearing spirit guides, and we're hearing memories, and we rerun the tape player. Do you know what I mean? Make sense? Wow. Yes, it does and, make sense. And, uh, and we compare that all the time, every day. And our brain is moving faster than the speed of light. And it's been measured by science. So I'm not just giving a hocus thing. Faster than the speed of light is the way your brain works. Which, <laughs> is, which is amazing. But um, I've heard one medium uh, tell me at one time, um, I had heard about her and I called her to talk to my father who had passed over. And in that conversation, 
my father, through her, had said that they move at the speed of light. And when I ask a question, he zooms over to like where my daughter was living in Israel at the time, zooms back to where she was in New York to then zoom back to Texas where I was to give me an answer. And that they move at the speed of light on the other side. Well, I'm going to take it one step further. In the oneness, you don't zoom anywhere. You don't need to. Um, so, um, you know, the one is, uh, the best way I can give it to you is let's think of loads of bubbles and they're all joined together and every bubble knows every other bubble. So, it, you know, whatever your sister's doing, their their spirit guides are connected to her and we're calling them bubbles right now. And they're sending that energy through all the other bubbles to your guide who's a bubble and therefore you get the information. And um, it is faster than the speed of light. It's triple the speed of light, in a way, is what I've been told by my spirit guides. I've been out of body myself, and I, it's like four stars to the left, five stars to the right, and you arrive wherever you're going. And, you know, where, wherever you're going, I, I go to a certain place for lessons, so I used to, I don't know. And uh, there, the life form is more like a wispy smoke. And the, the land looks like nothing on earth. And then as you arrive, it blooms because they know you're there. Water runs, everything's there. But they don't need form. They only do it for us because they teach you. How about that, babe? <laughs> <laughs> it's great to keep looking at things from different perspectives. Talk to us yeah. about all five bodies. I've heard of four bodies, the physical, the emotional, the mental, and the spiritual. And I think that one's fairly common. But you discuss five bodies in your books, which are totally different, because you're talking about the physical, the etheric, the spirit, the higher mind, and the soul. Talk to us about those, please. Well, first of all, the, the, the lower three, they're what we use all the time just to survive and live in this world, and we're processing what we came here to learn as well. We're encoded with a code that we've chosen long before we're born, and that's in my book, The Rejection Syndrome. And by the way, I have a show called Journey into an Unknown World on Web Talk Radio, which is half an hour teaching for anyone who's listening. Um, and that's on Web Talk Radio, Journey into an Unknown World. Uh, and so coming back to the question, actually, in terms of the higher mind body, that is where you store the wisdom of your spirit and the soul of the universe and the oneness of consciousness is one being. That's hard for us to understand here on Earth. And at the same time, we're storing in there our experiences here on Earth. And this is where, in the higher mind-body, we integrate and find the balance between this lower everyday self and our higher self. Does that make it clear? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So what's it, the difference between... You know, sorry. Yeah, I was just going to say, once you know you've got it and you tap into it, you can't go wrong. So what's the difference between the higher mind, where we're integrating the lower and the higher mind, and our spirit body or our etheric body? Okay, the higher mind is pure knowledge, wisdom, as I am, I exist. So there's no question mark, right? The lower self is doubt, I'm not sure, what about this, what about that? So when we integrate the two, the higher self allows through energy, through psychometry, and through emotion from the soul body, which is the oneness energy, 
to come down into your spirit body, which is your form if you choose to use one in the spirit world, because you don't have to have a body. And then come down into this physical form. Now, the spirit body works the physical form. The best way I can make the analogy here is to say you have a gorgeous car, but without the gas, it won't run. So without your spirit, your body won't work. Okay. So how does the soul fit in there? The soul's energy is divine essence. It's the divine love. It's, it's like saying it's the source of all life. It's water, if you like, is the source of all life here on planet Earth. Okay. So in the universal sense of oneness, it's the source of energy of all that is. And since the energy of the oneness needs constant friction, on, off, on, off, up, down, up, down, in, out, in, out, on, off, up, down, etc., etc. There is a constant impulse of energy that flows down from there to us and to everyone in the oneness. And everyone in the oneness, by the way, is not just us. There are many planets and there are many other aliens. That's why I'm at this neuron uh, place today. It's an expo. <laughs> <laughs> so... You're a minister, and you opened the Samara Psychic Education Center. What do you do there? Okay, what we do is, number one, if somebody is ill, mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, in some way, I can change their energy with the crystal therapies. And we've only mentioned crystal acupuncture and pterogram therapy, but there are actually seven therapies I've created. Um, so, and I combine those with other things that everybody knows about, like reflexology and aromatherapy and many other things, as well as hypnosis, because I'm also a hypnotherapist and counselor, uh, and uh, change, their, change their energy completely so that they can reprogram and overcome uh, their issues. I reprogram my Parkinson's disease. I have, even my brain's clear now, the black blobs are gone. I've worked on Alzheimer's with people because they're retarded because they have had too much responsibility. So they go inward. And what I have to do is help them see that they don't need to hide. Okay, if I've got MS, I have to work with them because they're overdoers, overworkers, and I have to get them to realize they can't control everything. So there's different things. I've just given you three examples, but those are brain examples. Now, if you've got cancer, that's anger. That's absolute ferocious anger. If you've got uh, trouble with your digestive system, that's fear of existence. So there's a lot going on. I'm just giving you a few things. And these are all written in all my other books. And I have 10 books in all uh, available on Amazon. And they're e-books as well as stockbacks, yes. So, so how do you use the chakras in your healings? And do all chakras spin the same way when you're looking at them? Yes, even if you're in Australia where the water goes down the opposite way from <laughs> us, um, the human body does go in, a, in cycles of either up and down or round and about to clockwise direction. Um, the energy from the front as you turn, if you make a clockwise circle towards your body, it's not clockwise looking out. It's clockwise looking into your body. And if you go to the back of the body and you're looking at the back, you would see it coming out in the clockwise direction. However, because your higher self is in the vibration from the higher mind, body, and the soul, that will come in and it'll go 
clockwise from the back to the forward front, and, and it looks like it's going anti-clockwise. So that gives us, if you think about these two rotations stretched out, you've got the DNA, got the DNA strand. And so the energies of the five bodies run through the DNA strand. Okay, so explain how the neural pathways, how they work and how they fit in the body. Okay, the neural pathways, first of all, you have to know that nobody, no two people's neural pathways are exactly the same. However, um, big toe through little toe connects with big toe, uh, sorry, thumb through little finger on your left side and the same on the right side. Those are your major meridians, so that gives you 10, okay? Pi 1, which comes from your, your, your thumbs and goes down to your big toes, comes up the middle through your chakras. Your chakras are... Okay, let's hold on the neural pathways. We'll continue with those after the break. Okay. We need to take All our right. last break. Stay tuned to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You on xzbn.net and knowthename.com. After the break, we'll find out what Dr. Margaret has in her name that's assisted her that you may have in your name as well. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Welcome back. I'm Sharon Lynn Wyeth, and you're listening to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You. Our guest tonight is Dr. Margaret Rogers Van Koops, whose website is sumericenter.com. She has taken her healing skills to a level where she's able to assist others in physically healing their bodies by healing all of their bodies. Before the break, we were talking about the neural pathways. Would you please continue, Dr. Margaret, with what you were saying on neural pathways? All right. I'm trying to be very simple because it's actually quite complicated, but as I said, the the nerve endings, nobody's blood vessels, nobody's nerve endings, nobody's um, other 
things in your organs are exactly in the same position, the same shape, and the same distance. We're all very individual inside. But we can say, as I said earlier, that the main meridians that run from the toes to the fingertips on left and right sides are the main ones that I work on because those are, we've all got five toes and, and five fingers. So, um, you know, that's the main simple one. But the etheric body is like an empty sack when you're born. And as you go through negative experiences, it fills up like a hot water bottle expanding or balloon expanding. And so people gain weight and they and the neural system and the blood system starts to be affected. And, uh, of course, our immune system starts to be affected and so on. And then we start to have aches and pains. So why is it someone has a bad knee whereas another person has a bad shoulder, even though they may have been through similar things? It's a place that they mark their body because somewhere at some time when the first major hurt happened, that was the place they marked their body. And years and years of piling of negativity on top, it goes there and it comes up there like a big block, you see. And it's in the aura and it's in the body. And if you change the energy in the aura, if you change the energy in the chakras and you change the way the energy flows throughout the five bodies, they're not the same anymore. It's like taking a bowl of marbles, put your hand in, twiddle them all around, stand back, look again. Hey, it looks like still a bowl of marbles, but not one marble is in the same place. The most important part after that is to educate, counsel, hypnotize, reprogram, whatever I have to do with that individual. I do do um, one-day events where people can be on the telephone with me from all over the world and we work on their issues and their illness and their disease. I do remote healing too with them. I'll come out of body and go and work on them while they're sleeping. Uh, I do a lot of strange things. <laughs> uh, and um, I love it. I wouldn't I wouldn't do anything else. And I hope that I'll live to be 100 like my dad and I will work for that moment. <laughs> Uh, well, I we all hope I so, too, so you can keep helping people. Talk to us about the three R's, resistance, resentment, and rejection, that you talk about. Yes, in yes. and I've got those R's in my, in my name, haven't I? <laughs> resistance, is, for me, is when um, I know I should do A, and someone's insisting I do B. And I don't want to do it no matter what they will say because of my coding that's from my soul vibration, I will override it and say no because I know if I go down this other pathway with that person, I will be going down and doing the wrong thing and wasting time and energy and so on and get exhausted. But if I listen to my intuitional instinct and follow you know, that resistance. Everyone in the world, for example, told me I can't be a psychic at 15. You've got to be 60. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to wait till I was 60. So, you know, I went off and did what I wanted to do, and that's how I did it. So that was resistance. Rejection is more like absolute, um, you know, I'm not in the vein. I don't want to be artistic, or I don't want to sing, or I don't want to do something. And I see a lot of that. Uh, so many people will say, I can't sing for toffee. And I take them into classes and get them to stop saying that and say, I can sing in hypnosis. And I've done that with a few people in uh, in different countries. 
and uh, they're, they're singing, you know. Uh, I've got one person, I'm not mentioning any names, but uh, he was in a group years ago, and today he's a voice coach, and he does healing with his voice, has voice workshops. <laughs> okay. So, uh, yeah, he's very popular. So, you know, people can learn to do these things. If they delete, I can't, I won't, I shan't, and so on. What was the last star? I've forgotten right now. Resentment. Resentment, that was it. Yes, thank you. Um, in, you know, if, if you're doing something and somebody comes up and looks over your shoulder and starts to interfere and take over, for example, for me, I, I, do, I do get resentful. It's like, this isn't helping me. This is actually making more of a nuisance for me. But if someone is aware that they're uh, invading or they ask nicely or something. It's a whole different ball game, isn't it, as opposed to, oh, well, you're doing it wrong. And I catch myself doing that. I admit it, that I'll go and take over because I know they're going down the wrong pathway and I know they're going to end up with troubles. And, and I start to take over, especially with my poor husband, uh, and I have to realize I'm doing it, you know, because I was trained to be a leader when I was a child. I grew up with you of ancestry going back before 1066 on one side and 60 AD on the other. And it wasn't until I, I was about 30, I realized, hey, I'm trying to be someone for all these ancestors. I haven't a clue who they were. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I had to delete all that, you know. So a lot of what I wrote in The Rejection Syndrome, I was working on myself when I wrote that book. And yeah, I think it's, I've reread it since, you know, a couple of times. And I, I think what Spirit Guides gave me when I wrote that book, I think it was amazing. Uh, and I've sold a lot of copies of it too. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Talk to us about the, the laws of karma. You're talking to us about soul fears and ascension and descension and separation and assimilation. What about the five laws of karma? Well, those are so simple and yet, Nobody, everybody hangs on to Moses, you know, and the Ten Commandments and so on, if you're, whichever side of the fence you're on in your religion. But the bottom line is, in the oneness, and I'm going to make it simple. I mean, it's too long in the book to read now, and we're running out of time. But the first one is, don't invade someone's space. Because they, they, if they don't want you, they can reject you, and it's okay, okay? The second one is, if you interact with someone and you don't get the response that you think you want to get, you know, recognize you're responsible for what you make yourself feel. You're not responsible for them saying it to you. You're only responsible for the way you react to it. The third one is that we all have to interact. And we need to be able to honor and respect one another, even if we're totally different, without judgment. In other words, you like red, I like green, and it's okay. I don't have to keep badgering you to, have to like my color, green. Okay, and the fourth one is that we are always seeing ourselves in other people. It's a mirror image. We have to realize that for, for example, right now in Syria, there are people um, running around being bombed. I can relate to that because I was being bombed when I was a kid. Okay, but hey, I saw three movies with people being bombed just recently. I can still relate to it, even if I wasn't in a child in England with bombs. You see what I'm saying? We, we have visually so much available to us and so many feelings, so many thoughts, and that brain working so fast that we have every opportunity to look at someone and say, there walks me. 
I see me when I was 10, or I see me when I'm 50, or I see me when I was in school, you know, whatever it is. We all have parts that are the same, and we're supposed to acknowledge it and love one another. And the last one is love God, which really means love the oneness because you're a part of it. God is the oneness, all things in one, all known, all knowing, whatever you want to call it, means recognize that in yourself, that you are all-knowing, all-loving in relativity to your life here on this planet. And therefore, you can say, I love everyone. <laughs> and of course, it's hard, isn't it? Sometimes people just don't seem to be lovable. <laughs> but you've got to see them and realize sometimes, hey, I'm not lovable either. Well, I always I mean, felt that when somebody wasn't lovable, when they were the hardest to love, it was just simply a cry that's saying that that's when they needed the most love. And I always felt yeah. that way from my years in the classroom, that when the students were really acting up, it was really just a cry for, I'm short of love lately, so can you give me some love, even though their actions want you to go the other direction. Yeah, but in response to that, flip it over and say they want love because they haven't learned to love themselves. In fact, my father said to me after his 100th birthday, why am I still here? I said, well, Dad, you've loved the whole family. You've loved everybody in the street, everything. And you, you've never stopped to love yourself. And he went, oh, well, I suppose I should try and love myself. And finally, uh, um, he, I spoke to him. He said, I'm working on loving myself. And then he died in September that year, last year. So he finally got the lesson at the end of his life. And so we all have that lesson. Yeah, so we all have it. We just don't know we have it because we're told, look over there, look over there, be aware of this, do this, do that like that. And it's all distraction from self. I and want to thank you for being self, with us. called selfish. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I want to yeah. thank you for being with us. Be prepared and surprised and pleased when you experience Dr. Margaret Rogers Van Koop's work. Her website, again, is spelling it out, S-U-M-A-R-I-S-Center.com. Dr. Margaret excels at seeing all of a person's bodies and healing them so that a body can heal completely. This is found in the letter combination R-E-T. If your name has the combination R-E-T, exactly in that order, then you too can assist people to heal in all of their different bodies. Do you know where your genius lies? I'm Sharon Lynn Wyeth, host of the radio show, Know the Name, Know the Genius in You, which can be heard every weekday at various hours right here on xzbn.net radio and xzone radio station and on knowthename.com. Tune in to hear the fascinating ways other people discovered the genius in themselves and what they were able to accomplish. If you wish to know how to read a person's name or more about your own name and how you can discover your innate genius, go to the website, knowthename.com and give yourself the gift of a session. This is Sharon Lynn Wyeth signing off.